Everybody, welcome back to the Sunny Day Review. I'm Brian. I'm Jillian. And Jillian, how you doing? I'm good. Did your voice just get super deep at the beginning of that? It did. It did. I don't. I don't know why. It like it, like opposite cracked <laughs> to go you down like, an octave instead of up. You pulled a Star Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been watching a lot of Among Us streams. Um, I just gotta <laughs> try to sound like corpse husband so that uh, more people will watch our stuff. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man hello and welcome to the solidarity <laughs> oh man it was not a, it was not an intentional thing oh, man. thought we were just gonna power past it but <laughs> nope nope does that have to do it all like very deep it's like the performance voice you know like when you're on stage and you want to you know, have some grandiose. <laughs> Epic movie announcer voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is so off topic, but speaking of deep voices, I've been watching Fear the Walking Dead um, a lot, and there's a character named Strand, and he has the best voice I've ever heard. <laughs> like, like, smooth velvet in your ears. Like, I don't know if that's that man's real voice or if it's just like the voice he does for the character, but god damn. <laughs> anyway. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sunnydale Review shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> Please leave all of that in. It'll be hysterical. Oh, yeah. People will yeah, be I like, will. what the don't hell worry. am I listening to? <laughs> Hopefully at this point, they're, they're along for the ride. They're not just here for the reviews, <laughs> but they're here for like the conversation and the fun if somebody was going to jump in in the middle i don't think listening to fear and into the woods would be the episode they'd do it so no. i think we're okay <laughs> yeah no i've definitely noticed there are definitely points where it's like more people either watch mm -hmm. our videos or listen and it's mostly when like the more popular episodes are yeah. you know so not surprising <laughs> Welcome to the Sunnydale Review. Joyce is sick, so Brian is going to do a Star Lord for this entire episode. <laughs> what are you talking about? My voice is always like this. Yeah. Are you trying to compete with the God Man? No. <laughs> what do you say? He's like, I think not. <laughs> like, like ridiculous. <laughs> You're doing that on purpose. No, I'm not. My voice is always like this. So good. Such a good, uh, really hope that, uh, the Guardians are in Thor Love and Thunder, so we have more of Star-Lord and Thor. Well, they would have to be, right? Because yeah. he He's left with them. Yeah, my, uh, this is so off topic, but my, my ideal thing would be we get a, we get a montage of, um, Star-Lord training, because he said he was, like, insecure, and it's all hard, and then, like, he goes to like reveal like oh the hard work and then Thor's just also back to being jacked and ripped after being fat and everyone's way more into that. Yep. <laughs> Star Lord. So, yep. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I just want more uh, Doctor Strange, but that's just mm. because I love with a deep passion Benedict Cumberbatch. So yeah. Yeah, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. Can't wait. Can't wait. Now, now, please. <laughs> All right, but for now, 
I'm covering Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Maybe we'll cover that uh, that too someday. We'll see. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so a little bit of lighthearted fun before we jump into uh, listening to Fear and Into the Woods, some kind of deeper, more stressful episodes. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to trying to balance here. out. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, listening to Fear, season five, episode nine, uh, originally aired November twenty eighth, two thousand. So, you know, happy Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> Written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner and directed by David Solomon. Uh, episode opens at the summer with the summer girls uh, hanging out in Joyce's hospital room. Her doctor comes in and infor- informs them that Joyce's blood work came back clean and that surgery to remove her brain tumor is scheduled in two days. Joyce is stressed, anxious, and bored of waiting in the hospital. And Buffy and Don have, um, but Buffy and Don have like super positive attitudes. Uh, Joyce keeps telling the girls. That it's okay if they want to leave, but Buffy has pulled in her friends to help with patrolling, so she doesn't need to leave her mom's side. Cut to Willow, Xander, and Giles. Oh, I'm sorry, did you want to say something? No, 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 I'm good. Okay. Uh, Cut to Willow, Xander, and Giles getting their butts handed to them by a couple of vampires in a graveyard. Uh, Willow manages to stake one of them. Giles almost accidentally stakes Xander, and Willow uh, saves Xander and Giles by also dusting the second vampire. (laughs) The three leave, commenting about how Riley was supposed to help them with patrolling, but never showed up. Yeah, it is really fun because Willow's like, I got two, yay me. <laughs> She's like, who needs Riley? Down. Yeah, who needs Riley when I'm staking two at once? And then she almost faints. <laughs> uh, I, love, I love Willow. <laughs> She's so excited. It's adorable. Mm. It's, like, it's almost as good as... Um, Way back after Buffy left after season two, and they have the try to kill the vampires, and Oz throws the stake, and it just bounces off the vampire. Uh, no, the vampire had already run away. He just missed completely, yeah, and it bounced it was, off like a nearby tombstone. It was just, uh, it's, like, it's not like, easy. Sorry, this 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 slaying is not for us mere mortals. No, <laughs> not so much. Uh, so let's see. Uh, so we then cut to Riley, who's getting blood sucked out of his arm by a female vampire in a rundown house. Uh, he seems disconnected and disinterested and is kind of just letting her use him as a human blood bag. Um, oh, man. Yeah. A mess. <laughs> Thus continues the downfall of Riley Finn. Yeah. Um, after the opening credits, we are dropped back into Joyce's hospital room. Willow has showed up to play Santa Claus, <laughs> except that she's female and, well, Jewish. Um, she's got a goodie bag of gifts, including a beer hat for Joyce, uh, a book of spells for Dawn, and history homework for Buffy, plus a yo-yo, just to keep it fun. Um, that part, Buffy's like, I'm not sure I believe in small Jewish Santa anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And a yo-yo. Oh, good, Um... While talking about a history test that Buffy missed, uh, Joyce blurts out angrily that she'd rip it apart and stick it in bed with her. Uh, Buffy and Dawn are surprised by the outburst. When asked what's wrong, Joyce says she's just tired and wants to take a little rest. Uh, The girls head out into the hallway. Buffy explains that uh, the tumor pressing on Joyce's brain might make her say weird things sometimes. The girls are also approached by the security guard. We saw Glory stick her fingers into his brain a couple episodes ago. Uh, he approaches Dawn saying that there's no data on her and there's 
uh, no one there. Buffy and Willow walked on away from the situation, but not really that quickly. <laughs> like, like she's allowed to have this interaction with the crazy guy just a little bit too long. Yeah, I get that it's like a plot point, but also like, why would you not immediately usher the fourteen-year-old girl away from the <laughs> clearly crazy man? Yeah. Um. Let's see. Ben approaches and explains that the crazy man is being sent home. Buffy questions if that's really a good idea, and Ben says that the mental ward is like booked beyond capacity. There's been an influx of crazy people being admitted, so um, for ones that have families, they're being sent home. Uh, we jump over to Willow and Tara having a rooftop date, looking at the stars. It's adorable as Tara, ex Tara, wow. Tara explains all of the constellations she made up because the real ones never really made any sense to her. Tara, I'm with you on that one. Um, <laughs> the Big Dipper makes sense, right? Looks like a, a, a dipper, I guess. Sure. <laughs> like okay. A little pan. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a little measuring cup. Yeah. The other ones are very uh, abstract. Yeah. Like here are three stars. That's uh, a belt. And this is a lion. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, coming up with their own constellations, a huge meteor falls to the earth nearby. Uh, we see the crazy man from earlier uh, in the episode. He's clearly escaped from his family and is walking in the woods by himself. Uh, we not see good. a no, no, not so good. Um, we see a demon that has crawled out of the meteor, jump on him, and presumably kill him. The demon then somehow makes its way to the hospital. It's kind of massive, but somehow no one notices the giant cockroach-looking demon just crawling on the ceilings. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so I remember, like every time I watch this, I'm just like, wait, what? Aliens? What? It's all explained in the episode. I'm like, is aliens yeah. a step too far? Am I weird for thinking it's a step too far in a show about demons and hell and vampires? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely like another, another, not dimension, but kind of like it's something outside of the realm of what they usually deal with. Mm -hmm. It did inspire something for work that will come out eventually about with uh, space cultists who worship demons from space. So oh, that, yeah. that'll be good someday. <laughs> when, when I actually get it written and put out. So until then, but know that this was the moment where I started thinking about space cultists who worship demons in space. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's see. Cut to Joyce's hospital room. Uh, Joyce is starting to lose it a little bit as she's bored and wants out of the hospital. Uh, she's frustrated that of having to wait around another two days for her surgery and has talked Buffy into asking the doctor to let her go home um, while they wait. Buffy agrees to take on some additional responsibilities, checking vitals, administering, me administering meds, uh, etc. But the, and the doctor allows her to take Joyce home. Uh, cut to the rest of the Scoobies being Giles, Radley, Willow, Tara, Xander and Anya, who are investigating the meteor. They comment on how it's hollow, uh, like something broke out of the meteor. They, uh, the team split up and try to search for signs of whatever broke out and come across the dead guy that we saw earlier in the episode. The rest of the gang heads off to start researching. Riley elects to stay behind and look around in the woods a little bit more. 
once the team is out of earshot, we see him make a phone call to the initiative slash government. I don't really know what to refer to them as. Um, I guess they're just kind of the government, but they're still like yeah. the same like initiative guys. Like Grant's still there, so. True. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. guess the initiative was shut down, but they're still loosely the initiative. Yeah, it's like they just got kind of reassigned. Mm-hmm. Like different different programs, same goal. They just like had to change the name of it because <laughs> optics. Yeah, rebrand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's see, we see the crowded psych ward at the hospital and see the alien slash demon thing, uh, attacking the patients there. Joyce is released from the hospital and Buffy and uh, Dawn take Joyce home. We see the government initiative guys meet up with Riley at the crime scene. It's a little bit nice to see Riley back in his element and not completely lost slash useless. Right. Um, back at the Summers' house, we see that the alien slash demon has followed the Summers' home. Um, Joyce wakes up in the middle of the night and starts trying to make breakfast. The girls find her quickly and turn off the stove. Uh, Joyce has a couple more episodes of saying kind of crazy stuff. Uh, we catch up with the Scoobies, Willow, Giles, Xander, Anya, and Tara, all at the university, all at the university astronomy section of the library. Um, they are researching the killer snot monster from outer space. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, there's one point where uh, Xander's like, why are we researching the the uh, snot monster? And Giles goes, because it's a killer snot monster from outer space. <laughs> and I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> yeah. We're going to play on killer clowns from outer space, probably. Is that a Which, thing? Oh, that is a movie. You've never seen it? Oh, you should see um, it. I don't do clowns. It's the most cheesy 80 horror, 80, 80s horror movie, like B movie of all time. It, it's uh, it's worth it because it's so dumb. And If yeah. I want to watch a dumb horror movie, I'll just watch the Mystery Science Theater 3000 version of uh, Manos the Hands of Fate. Yeah, I mean, easier to, to watch with the commentary. Yeah. But yeah, oh, it's so silly. I love also, 80s horror movies. Oh my god, I love them so much. I, I, which this might come as a surprise because of the fact that we talk about Buffy. Mm-hmm. I really don't watch horror movies. Uh, anything with zombies, anything with clowns, anything with spiders, bugs, creepy crawlies, killers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet yeah, no, no, that is not my that is not my jam. Uh, Joss Whedon manages to do horror in a way that is very not bloody if you actually pay attention to it there's very actually like in all actuality there's very little blood shown in buffy um also between seven seasons of buffy and five seasons of angel there are only two episodes dealing with zombies in either one um or between the two of them there's Mm -hmm. one in buffy and one in angel and yeah, Joss Whedon never properly prepared me for actual horror because every <laughs> every like horror scene in Buffy is undercut by humor or like witty comebacks and stuff. So yeah, no, I don't I don't do horror stuff. Which is why uh, if you watch when we did a watch along and review of uh, Cabin in the Woods, you will see that I very strategically get up at one moment and leave before I know that everything is about to go to shit. Yes. <laughs> That movie's a little more bloody than Buffy. We'll say that. A, a bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, but yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, so the Scoobies are in the university astronomy section of the library. Um, we find out that there was a meteor that hit Russia back in 1917 and another one that landed outside of Iceland at some other point in time. They don't say the year. Uh, the gang start putting the pieces together, basically determining that there are waves of madness that hit places throughout history and then a meteor would hit and like quell, I'm making air quotes here, quell uh, the madness. Uh, basically determined that the demon is summoned from outer space to quell slash fix or remove um, the madness situation. Uh, they determined that Glory might be the one who summoned the demon. Yeah, I know uh, the Tuski incident that she mentions is real, the one in Russia. I don't know about the other one, but yeah. Look that up if you haven't. It's fucking crazy. It's like the power of like a nuclear bomb of this like uh, comet hitting or asteroid, whatever it was, hitting Russia. It was, uh, it's also one of those things that are on, like, ancient aliens. Like, was this an alien attack or some shit? But, uh... I mean... No. Hey, they, the government did just, like, recently in the last couple of months, uh, acknowledge that aliens do exist. Right? <laughs> well, was that something. Like... There's unidentified flying objects. It's yeah. Like, um, it's like... Wasn't that one of the things that was released, and but there was bigger news going on at the time, so we completely slipped under the radar? Hey, I mean, we, we saw a few probably like 10 years ago in Russia when that uh, meteor hit, right? That was, uh, that was pretty insane. Yeah. It happens. Sometimes the Earth just gets clipped. Uh, <laughs> ask the dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, wait, you can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... Willow calls Riley to fill him in on what they found, and Riley informs her that all the people in the psych ward at the hospital have been killed. Uh, Willow is worried about Joyce, uh, that she was acting crazy and the demon might go after her, but Riley tells uh, her that he found out from Ben that Joyce was released from the hospital and is back at home. Riley says that he thinks that the demon uh, is cornered in the air ducts at the hospital, and for the Scoobies to keep researching and find out how to kill the Queller demon. Riley is very, very wrong. They do not have the thing trapped in the air ducts because it's at the Summers' house. And we see him being about just as effective, or we see the, the initiative or the military or whatever being just about as effective as they always were with demons. So, yeah, they have not yet learned to stay in their lane. Um, <laughs> back at the Summers' house, Joyce um, Joyce's sedatives are clearly not working as she goes on a crazy monologue in her bedroom talking to the ceiling. Uh, Buffy has a crying breakdown in the kitchen, and we see that Joyce is not alone in her room. The Queller demon is hanging from the ceiling above her. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. The government guys figure out the Queller demon jumped on onto or under a car that has left the hospital. Radley puts two and two together and figures it must be at the Summers' house with Joyce. So, yay. Half a point for Riley. <laughs> um the Queller Demon jumps on top of Joyce, who screams before it pukes like this clear white gel all over her face. Uh, that's the way that it kills people. It basically, like, pukes this gel onto their face that causes them to suffocate. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Dawn rushes in and, with some quick thinking, manages to knock the demon off of Joyce. Uh, she, like, runs into the room when she hears Joyce screaming 
sees the demon on top of her mother, runs back to her room, grabs a coat rack, and just, like, like, knocks it off of her mother. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's see. So, Joyce is able to clear her face from the gel stuff and not suffocate. The demon goes after Dawn, who screams and runs. She manages to lead the demon out of her mom's room, then doubles back and locks the demon out of the room. Dawn screams and gets Buffy's attention, who runs up the stairs, and the Quello demon jumps on her. They fall down the stairs. Um, let's see. Buffy grabs a knife from the kitchen, starts trying to find the demon, only to get distracted by Spike. Spike uh, came up from the basement saying he was looking to steal junk. Um, he quickly shoves some pictures of Buffy into his pocket, but Buffy's <laughs> line of questioning gets interrupted by the Queller Demon attacking. Mm -hmm. uh, Spike and Buffy work together and are able to kill the Queller Demon. Just as they've killed the demon, Riley and his gang of army dudes break into the Summers' house. You know that they're home. You couldn't have just knocked. You had to, like, kick the door in. Um, or at this point, Riley should just have a key. Come on. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, so Riley asks Buffy if she's okay. Uh, without answering him, she rushes upstairs to her mom and Don. They're both fine. Buffy tells them that everything's okay now. Um, we see Ben leaving the hospital. He gets into his car and one of Lori's minions is in the back seat. Through their conversation, we determine that Ben was the one who summoned the Queller Demon. Uh, he says he's cleaning up Lori's mess just, just like he's done his whole life. Episode ends with Joyce back in the hospital. She asks Buffy about Dawn. She says that she knows that Dawn isn't hers. Uh, she can't explain why. She just kind of knows. Buffy tells her the truth, that Dawn isn't her daughter. Joyce says that Dawn does belong to them, though, and is precious and important to the world, and they have to take care of her. Uh, she makes Buffy promise to take care of Dawn and keep her safe, no matter what happens to Joyce. Uh, Buffy says that she promises. Episode ends with Joyce being rolled away for surgery as the Scoobies look on from the hallway. So, what do you yeah. think? I don't like this episode. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. The the demon is freaky. It looks like a giant cockroach thing just that yeah. just crawls around on the ceiling that nobody notices. Yeah. Um, the Initiative Army guys are dumb. They don't actually do anything helpful in this episode um and i don't like this whole storyline of joyce being sick so i'll give it like a six i give it a six as well just kind of like boring i don't know if boring is the right word but i'm glad it wasn't an alien <laughs> for some reason that was a lot a bridge too far for me so i mean it kind of is still because it came from outer demon. space yeah it's slightly different enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man. All right. Next episode. Let's keep it going. Oh, okay. Well, I got to take a drink for this one. <laughs> All right. Uh, next episode, uh, season five, episode 10, Into the Woods. Originally aired December 19th, 2000. Um, written by Marty Noxon and directed by Marty Noxon. Hey, there we go, Marty Noxon. And director's <laughs> credit. That's awesome. Yep. Um, so let's see. Episode opens almost right where we left off. The Scoobies are all in the waiting room and waiting for news on Joyce's surgery. Willow keeps asking Xander what time it is. Uh, <laughs> Riley is being very supportive of Buffy. Um, the doctor finally shows up and the gang all stand and gather around to see what news he's going to give them. 
bam, opening credits. <laughs> so that one's that one's annoying. It's like yeah. it's like and and opening credits. <laughs> um so let's see, as we return, we hear the doctor giving an update. Joyce is out of surgery and uh, he believes that he was able to get all of the brain tumor. Uh, he says that barring any complications from recovery, Joyce should be just fine. Uh, the Scoobies all rejoice. Buffy hugs the doctor to the point where, like, she kind of hurts him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, that night we see Dawn is having a sleepover at Xander and Anya. Anya's. Um, Xander and Anya are trying to make a big deal for Dawn as they're celebrating her mom being okay. Anya really wants to go see a movie about a chip playing hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dawn tells them that they don't need to make a big deal because she knows she's only sleeping over there so that Buffy and Riley can boink. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Definitely uh, a-, a line that I'm glad she's 14 and not... I was just thinking eight. that. Yeah, yeah, not like seven or eight or whatever <laughs> she was supposed to be when they originally uh, wrote Dawn. Yeah, I'm hoping at this point they had already, like, known that she was going to be played by a 14-year-old actress. Yeah. That line would not have been appropriate from a small child. No. (laughs) Um, Cut over to the Summers' house. Uh, Buffy and Riley are slow dancing in the living room with a bunch of candles. Uh, They're coupley and it's kind of adorable. Riley is supportive Mm. and is telling Buffy how incredible she's been through the whole thing with her mom. Um... Buffy and Riley get their bedroom wrestle time in while Spike stands outside the house, uh, probably listening with his vampire hearing through the open window. It's weird. Uh, We see Buffy asleep in bed uh, while Riley gets up and sneaks out of the house, kind of reminiscent to how it was at the beginning of the season where Riley and Buffy would be sleeping and then Buffy would sneak out to go patrolling. Mm -hmm. Riley's now sneaking out. Um, Uh... Let's see. Riley heads out of the house, completely missing Spike standing in the front yard. <laughs> Spike decides to follow Riley and tracks him to a sketchy apartment building. Um, let's see. Cut to the hospital the next day. Buffy is trying to convince Joyce to wear a wig, which she really doesn't need. Um, she has like a small bandage on the side of her head. It's like, you could really just part your hair on the other side, flip it over. Nobody would know the difference. Like, you don't need a full-blown wig. Yeah. Um... I don't know if this was meant to be like a bigger thing, but but the actress who played Joyce wouldn't shave her head or something. It really doesn't look that yeah. bad to the point where she would need any kind of wig. No, definitely. She could just wear a, s- a scarf or a headband. I don't mm. know. So I think she uh, actually does later on in the season. I think so, so yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. It's like, even if they shave like one little section right here, just part your hair on the other side, flip it over, you'll be fine. Mm. Nobody, will, nobody can tell. Um, so let's see. So, uh, Joyce asked Buffy about school. Uh, she said she may have to take a few incompletes, but she'll make it through the semester. Joyce asks about her friends and slang, wanting her to get back to her life. Uh, Joyce skirts around, voicing some concerns about Buffy and Riley's relationship. Buffy assures her that everything is fine. Mm-hmm. We see the commando slash initiative slash military guys uh, are still in Sunnydale. They have a plan to go track down some demons, and Grant brings up the idea of bringing Riley back into the team. Uh, the commander agrees. So the initiative is back. Yay. <laughs> Everybody's favorite plot. 
<laughs> that the thing that nobody's given a second thought to since they all died off at the end of last season. It's fine. Um, right. You know, because I know that a lot of people have just been sitting around going, you know what I really miss? The initiative. <laughs> yeah. Grant. <laughs> just really miss Graham. Grant. I mean, Grant was the best. Out of, yeah. out of all of Riley's friends, meaning out of the two of Riley, Riley's friends, um, Forrest sucked and and Grant was the best. So yeah, it's fine. There's Joe. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Buffy wakes up in her bed that night expecting to see Riley and being surprised by Spike uh, being the one standing in her bedroom. Spike says that he's there to help her and wants to show her something, but is vague about what it is. Buffy agrees, gets dressed, and they head out. Uh, Spike brings her to the sketchy apartment building that he followed Riley to the night before. Actually, I, yeah, it is the night before. Okay. Yeah, the night before, yeah. Yeah. Um, there, Buffy discovers Riley being bitten by a female vampire. She's understandably shocked and runs out. Uh, Buffy runs home, shocked, confused, and appalled by what she saw. Riley returns somewhere, I guess his apartment. We've never seen this before. Uh, the commando guys are there and try to recruit him to come with them on a mission to Brazil to take out some demons. Uh, they tell him they're shipping out at midnight the next day, so basically he has 24 hours to make a decision. Jesus. Not much time to make a decision like that. No. No, especially since it's going to be deep undercover. He's not allowed to have any communication with civilians. They're just mm. like, hey, you have 24 hours to decide if you want to leave your entire life. Um, so, yeah. So, cut to the magic shop where Anya uh, Anya's in the mood and not subtly attacking Willow. Uh, Buffy comes in. She says that she needs to figure out everything she can about a vamp nest downtown. She said it looked like humans were paying vampires to feed on them. Giles and Anya explained that this is something that's been happening for centuries. Uh, the vampires get blood and the humans get a rush and can get off on the danger. But it can be dangerous for the humans uh, as they could get killed accidentally. Buffy says she's going to stop it. Giles says there are better areas where Buffy's efforts could be focused right now. For example, on Glory. Uh, but Buffy... Uh, is hellbent on dealing with the issue. Buffy and one of has one of those either help me or get out of my way moments, <laughs> and Giles, Xander, and Willow follow her out. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, back at the rundown apartment uh, from the night before, the gang finds the building empty. Looks like the vampires cleared out. Once they found out the Slayer had found their hideout, Buffy um, sets the place on fire and heads out. <laughs> so. It was just like, I just feel like there might be something we're missing. <laughs> this no, is a I, lot. <laughs> I, there's nothing that we as the audience are missing. There's something that no, the Scoobies yeah, are missing. The Scoobies and they're are like, just like, uh, this is a lot. I don't get this it. This seems a bit extreme. <laughs> um, well, because they, I mean, they're all supposed to be coming off of the high of like, Joyce is going to be okay, blah, blah, mm. blah. And all of a sudden, Buffy's like, I'm going to burn down a building. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, let's see. So, at Spike's crypt, uh, Riley charges in. He's angry at Spike for showing Buffy what he's been up to and starts pummeling Spike. Um, he stakes Spike, and in a great, like, subverting expectations moment, uh, with a really annoying commercial break in the middle, Spike doesn't get dusted. Uh, <laughs> Riley tells him that the stake is made of plastic wood grain, uh, looks real, but doesn't actually dust him. He's like, 
you ever do something like that again and it won't be fake, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, Riley tells Spike that he knows what's going on with him and to stay away from Buffy. Turns out Riley is uh, the only... Turns out Riley is the only one who has picked up on the fact that Spike is into Buffy, uh, which Spike confirms. Spike also uses his manipulate them with the truth powers to point out that Riley is never going to be able to hold on to Buffy. Riley and Spike kind of have like this bizarre heart-to-heart conversation. <laughs> um, Spike tells him about how he's kind of jealous of Riley, but at the same time he feels sorry for him because to be that close and not really be able to have all of Buffy... Um, Spike says that Riley got the better deal, but you can tell Riley doesn't necessarily agree. (laughs) Um, yeah, but it's kind of like this weird, like, they share a bottle of liquor and have this weird heart-to-heart moment, and... (laughs) Yeah. Um, at the Magic Box, Buffy, uh, is beating the crap out of her punching bag. Xander and Anya are talking at the counter, but Riley shows up and asks them to head out. Because apparently he can just do that, and they're mm-hmm. just like, okay. <laughs> um, Riley confronts Buffy and says they need to talk. Buffy doesn't want to talk, but Riley forces the issue um, and says that he needs Buffy to hear him out. Riley starts talking about letting vampires bite him um, and how it was an immature way of trying to get back at slash understand Buffy's experience when she was bitten by Dracula. I think that reasoning is way for thin because we are now at episode 10. That Dracula stuff happened in episode one. Like, dude, get over it. Um, He says that he got sucked into it because he felt like the vampire woman needed him in a way that Buffy hasn't needed him. Uh, It's clearly a metaphor for Buffy or for Riley cheating on Buffy. Mm. Like, let's just put that out there. Um, Riley is upset that Buffy won't let him in and won't let him take care of her. Buffy feels betrayed, blah, blah, blah. Um, I literally have blah, blah, blah written out in my notes here. It's This is whatever the cheap dollar store equivalent of Bangel speak is. Where I don't I don't know what the couple name for Buffy and Riley is. Ruffy. Is it like no, I don't Ruffy? know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, Riley finally tells Buffy that the army wants him back, deep undercover, so no contact with civilians. Riley says if they can't work out their relationship, he's going to go back to the army tonight. Like, dude, seriously, ultimatum? Like, that night? Um, Buffy tells him that he's basically giving her an ultimatum. Riley says uh, he's leaving unless she gives him a reason to stay. Buffy walks out. Walking home, Buffy is approached by uh, all the vampires who were part of the vampire house that she burnt down. Buffy takes them all on uh, and takes out seven vampires in quick succession. Xander comes out of the shadows wanting to know if Buffy wants to talk. He tells her that she's acting like a crazy person. Uh, Buffy keeps telling him to leave her alone, but he just won't quit. Xander keeps pushing and Buffy gives him the high-level notes of what's going on. Uh, Xander tells Buffy that from what he's seen, she kind of used Riley out of convenience. Maybe it was a rebound thing after Angel and Parker, but she kind of expected Riley to be there when she needed him and to just automatically not be around when she didn't want him there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Buffy's hurt, but continues to listen. Xander tells her that Riley is the kind of guy who comes around once in a lifetime. Um, He's never held anything back from Buffy. I would argue that he did. Um, at the very beginning of their relationship with the whole initiative thing, but, you know, it's fine. Um, 
Uh, he's risked everything, and she's about to let him leave because she doesn't like ultimatums. Xander makes a ton of fantastic points and basically um, is the star of this kind of episode. <laughs> uh, Buffy comes to the realization that she doesn't want to let Riley go, and Xander tells her to run. Buffy takes off running as we see shots of her running at full speed, interlaced with shots of Riley kind of looking for her, checking the time, and ultimately getting on a helicopter. Uh, she arrives at the spot with the helicopter, but is ultimately too late as he's already on board and can't hear her screaming over the sound of the helicopter. Um, yet another time where the Scoobies having cell phones with flashlights would have come in real handy. Yeah. Um, the helicopter leaves and Buffy is left on the landing pad alone, shocked and heartbroken. Um, Buffy walks home alone and sad, cut to Xander's apartment where he's pouring his heart out to Anya. He tells her that he loves her and cherishes her and gets excited whenever he gets to see her. It's incredibly sweet. Um, cause at one point Buffy had thrown a jab back at him about, you know, why the hell are you with Anya? Is she just convenient? Blah, blah, blah. Like they still yeah. don't like Anya. It's like, I get she's odd, but like, she's also been around for a lot. So, you know, what kind of back off a little bit um yeah so buffy returns home and collapses on the stairs uh still clearly in shock and heartbroken i'm not sure where dawn is <laughs> no i don't know clearly she wasn't with she must have been with willow and tara because clearly she wasn't with anya and xander she wasn't right. with riley she wasn't with spike she and i don't think she'd be at the hospital yeah i don't know yeah. oh yeah, oh, yeah. but i'm just hanging out with her you know yeah her friends willow and tara they seem like they'd be fun to hang out with. They're essentially her adopted big sisters. Yeah, I would say I would I'd probably rather hang out with them than Xander and Anya if I was a kid, you know? They yeah, seem but like Don also fun activities. <laughs> Don also had like a crush on Xander, so That's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah. But anyway, that's the end of the episode. Bye bye, Finn. Um <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you give it for a rating? <laughs> uh, six. Yeah, I gave it a six as well. Um, it's I not don't Buffy like Riley. Angel. Uh, although it's like, goddamn, Buffy. Like, not she never. Like when she gets broken up with, it's not like a normal breakup. The like man flees yeah. <laughs> the city. <laughs> Man, like, just straight brutal. up leaves town. <laughs> mm -hmm. Brutal. But yeah, you know, it's it's fine. Um, I like Riley more than you do, but I'm, he's not like one of my favorite characters in Buffy. There are a lot, a lot of characters I'd put ahead of him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, Xander's kind of right. Like, she did kind of take Riley for granted, but it was a very hard time in her life. It was just... Maybe it was one of those, like, right person, wrong time type deals, you know? Yeah, I could see that. But also, like, I don't know. He he was very much a not free thinker. <laughs> like, he, because of all of his military training slash brainwashing, I think that he was always looking for someone to tell him what to do. Mm -hmm. So, at least, like, like, the Scoobies listen to Buffy, but they can also be independent thinkers mm. and come up with, like, their own stuff to do. Wow. Um, I think that Riley just not seeming to have anything else going on in his life mm. 
could have played a part into it. I think that, you know, with so much other stuff going on, the writers obviously had their attentions elsewhere. We don't know what else might have been going on in his life, like how we see his apartment in this episode that we never see at any other point. Right. Um, they're just, they were probably just like, we need a place for this scene to happen. And Riley needs a place to live. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think that he just kind of like, ran out his usefulness and they were like we don't know really what to do with him anymore yeah and there's so much happening with the plot of glory and with the sickness of joyce that it's just like where does riley and buffy drama fit into this right um i i definitely think that him giving buffy the ultimatum at like let's just say it was like eight or nine o'clock and he's leaving at midnight like, that's a shit move. I remember watching it as a kid, you know, middle school. And I was like, yeah, that's that makes sense. But then it's like, as you grow up, it's like, what a fucking psycho thing to do. Yeah. The fuck? But also when you're younger, like middle school, high school, everything's so dramatic all the time. So it's, it's like, this makes sense. This would happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no. yeah, so that is listening to Fear and Into the Woods. And yeah. where can they find you online? <laughs> uh, if if you disagree and think that Riley was the best character in this series, uh, feel free feel free to uh, explain yourself by tweeting me at Jillian mm. uh, underscore Swan. That's Swan with two N's, and mm. uh, I I will You'll be getting tweets from Mark Lucas's uh, <laughs> burner accounts. <laughs> How dare you, <laughs> Riley's the best. Mark Lucas, um, I, I kind of went to college with your cousin Shannon. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you still, you still are like, no, nah, I'm out. I'm out on Riley. I, I like him as an actor. I've seen mm. him in other things and liked him in other things. Uh, I loved him in, oh, what was the movie? Was it First Daughter with Katie Holmes? And mm. he plays like her, her Secret Service guy. I like that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but no, it was really funny because I went to college and I had a uh, season five Buffy poster up on my wall in college. I really arrived late to the game. This was in 2010. Um, so like I had, I had nobody else around until I met Brian the, the year later or mm. two years later or whatever. Um, and like, so everyone was like, why the hell do you have Buffy and Dawson's Creek posters on your wall? Like, that's weird. Um, but anyway, so, uh, I was in a suite with this girl named Shannon and she was like, that's actually my cousin. <laughs> I'm like, insane. I'm like, is it weird that I have a picture that includes, cause it was like the season five, like cast photo. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just him. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm like, is it weird for you that like, he's up on my wall? Because if it makes you uncomfortable, I can take it down. And she's like, no, it's fine. But it's just like, like no, he's, he's a semi-famous actor. Like, it's not, it's different. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was also, like. Sorry, you say. Yeah. No, and like, yeah, you had Dustin's King Buffy. But it's like, you got to remember, this was ten, almost 10 years ago. Like, it wasn't as weird as it would be to have now. You know, like those shows had gone off the air relatively recently, at least recently enough to not feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. hey, I mean, at least I got one person to recognize what it was about anyways. So. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> I, I've still never seen Dawson's Creek. I've watched a good amount of Fringe, and I know oh, Fringe one is of great. the main characters from that is in Dawson's Creek. But yeah, I'm sure. I, I don't know if Jenny's ever seen it. Maybe she'll she'll have me watch it like she did with uh, Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Joshua Jackson, who uh, is in Fringe and played Pacey in Dawson's Creek, I I love him. I love him yeah. deeply. And the the uh, the other actor, right? He's he's cool. The main the blonde guy. Oh, James also. Vanderbeek, who just yeah. fully plays into all the memes. Mm-hmm. He's yep. fun. Like yeah. he's a cool guy. It seems so. Maybe one day watch it. We need <laughs> a post Buffy podcast. If you want something that does not make you think of quarantine at all, mm-hmm. um, go back to like the the teen dramas from like like this time period. Um, so like the what late nineties into the early two mm-hmm. thousands. It's just like it's kind of amazing to think of what a different time it was, and also yeah. amazing to think like I mean because a lot of these shows were coming out just at the time that like cell phones were becoming a thing. So it's funny to look at the earlier seasons and be like, wow, a lot of this conflict could have been resolved if they all had cell phones. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like yeah. Home Alone. Don't look at Home Alone too quickly or too uh, deeply. Mm-hmm. It's all. It's always weird, too, because like, like if I watch um, an old season of Big Brother, for example, mm-hmm. and it's just like the fashion choices from that. It's like that probably looks so normal at the time, mm-hmm. but it looks so strange now. And I'm sure in... 10 years when I watch the current season of Big Brother uh, back, it'll be like, what the fuck? Why are people wearing that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah. So, like like you said, tweet your Riley Finn Stan tweets at Jill on Twitter. You don't have to tweet it at me, but I'm uh, at the fake BMAR. It's P-M-A-R-R. You can follow me on Instagram at SuperMarbro. Also two R's on that. Follow the channel on Twitter at WG Everything on Instagram at Wicked Everything and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Wicked Everything. Tell your friends and your enemies about the Sunnydale Review. We'll see you in the next one. The Sunnydale Review is a Wicked Good Everything production. Fan art of Buffy was created by Fishbone Art. The logo was created by Tamar Kutab. The original intro and outro song was created by Alex Carl.